0: Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. This time it was a heavyweight clash between Manchester City and Liverpool at the Etihad Stadium. It's the first clash of the season of these two heavyweight teams who have become the staple mates at the top of the Premier League for it seems like the last four or five years, and it has been, both of these teams have been excellent and superb in terms of how they dominated the Premier League and dominated all the other teams uh, over the past couple of seasons. And the games between these two opponents um, have become, you know, some of the biggest games of the season. Lots of um, lots of very high-scoring games, which is rare to say from uh, two teams, you know, fighting for the Premier League. But that just shows uh, the attacking intent and the way that both of these managers wanted to play and going into this game uh, kind of still towards roughly the beginning of of this Premier League season it was interesting to see um, how the game would play out because both teams have by you know not been at their best so far this season Um, however you would say kind of from the early games uh, you would say that Liverpool are probably Uh, shading it in terms of being better than Manchester City, uh, in terms of where they are and the the points they've picked up. Uh, City went into the game actually in the bottom half of the table. They've had some very indifferent results, uh, both home and away. And so this game uh, was a big game for Liverpool, but it was also a very, very big game uh for for Manchester City too and and earlier in the day obviously Spurs having uh won as well took Liverpool off the top of the Premier League and so Liverpool knew that if they wanted to go into the international break top of the league it would have to be a win uh away at Manchester City now obviously since the season started there's been a lot of talk about uh away wins and the fact of playing away becoming uh less of a daunting task because there's no fans or anything like that and I think that definitely played into this game as well like it has with pretty much all away games um I think City would have been riled on a bit more to attack and press harder uh, if the f- if fans were there, and I think Liverpool may have sat back uh, a little bit more if um, if there were fans in the stadium. But going into the game, uh, the City lineup uh, didn't really, I guess from my perspective, look as threatening as it maybe did uh, at points over the past couple of seasons with, with no Aguero, you know, no no Bernardo Silva, no Ria Mahrez. Uh, You know, it was only really Kevin De Bruyne, when you look at that kind of front four or front six of Manchester City, that really looked like, you know what, he's going to threaten us and really cause us a problem. Uh, And that kind of maybe shows a bit of uh, highlights for them, some of the areas that they maybe missed out in and maybe some getting their targets to try and strengthen. uh, Whereas we've kind of made um, acquisitions in that area, the likes of Diego Jota, the likes of uh, Thiago. But also uh, both teams starting lineups were slightly um, changed due to the Champions League commitments both teams had in the week uh, with Liverpool making the decision or Jurgen Klopp making the decision to start with Diego Jota. There was obviously a lot of talk going into this game whether um Klopp would drop Firmino, play Diego Jota, play both of them. Uh how would they play if we played as if if, if both of them played? We've seen a bit of a snippet uh, in the Sheffield United game about how they may all work together. Uh but it was uncertain how we'd play against a very very good Manchester City team uh with so many attacking players in the team and and Klopp did go for it and it kind of ended up materializing into kind of a um either a four four two or a kind of four two 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 formation where Mane and Jota kind of became the wide men and we almost played with two strikers with Salah and Firmino um kind of really getting up there and providing a two pronged attack up front. The game started off um I guess very very well from a liverpool perspective we were much the brighter side uh we were pressing on the front foot um salah and firmino were cutting those passing lanes into rodri and gundigan uh, meaning that they kind of had to either fizz the ball re- really quickly into one of their strikers uh, and then try and lay it back into the midfielders all go long and, you know, going long would always favour our our more taller defenders like Joe, Joe Gomez and Joel Matip, who actually came back into the team today as well, with Jurgen Klopp saying he was ready for the Atlanta game, uh, Atalanta game, sorry, but um, it wasn't a risk they wanted to take. The Manchester City game was more important, and given the impressive start we have made in the Champions League, it probably was the right decision to make. But going back to the beginning of the game, uh, we were really pressing them high, uh, and we were also getting in behind them, which I think was one of the things that... Um, you know, has caused City so many problems in the past couple of games in the Premier League. We that Leicester game in particular, where Jamie Vardy just kept getting in behind them, uh, and that was evident to see right from right from the first minute. Uh, within the first thirty seconds, we made a fantastic chance with Trent uh, clipping a ball over but Roberto Firmino, getting in behind the defenders, but just kind of getting a bit caught up with Edison, uh, and the ball went out for uh, for a goal kick. But that was kind of very much the start of it. We we kind of grew into the game. We weren't necessarily having more of the possession, but we were definitely looking more threatening when we did have the ball. City were kind of just passing it around the back and, and not really uh, causing any uh, real pressure uh, to our back four and we did end up going and scoring the first goal from the penalty spot. Uh, the penalty was one from Sadio Mane. A great bit of play on that left-hand side flank got uh, just managed to body feint uh, past Carl Walker, get in behind him and Carl Walker just cut across him. Carl uh, Walker's thigh against Sadio Mane's knee taking him ta- taking him down and it was a penalty to Liverpool. Stonewall penalty no need for far. And there was nothing for Manchester City to really complain about other than the fact that up the other end of the pitch about 30 seconds uh, before Raheem Sterling was kind of uh, I guess I would I would say shoulder to shoulder with Diego Jota. Uh, he stayed on his feet. Uh, looked like the referee played advantage, but then Raheem Sterling went over went over. We lost the they, he lost the ball, and then we broke up the other end and subsequently got the penalty. Um, so Manchester City were a little bit uh, frustrated about that, but there was no arguments around the penalty. And and Mo Salah dispatched it perfectly we've seen carl walker make that mistake a couple of times uh, and that really boded well uh, from liverpool perspective for the rest of the game uh, because uh, sadio mani really looked like he had carl walker on toast well after the first goal uh, you maybe thought you know liverpool would continue to press on take take home that you know uh, to press home that advantage of having the one goal but it was actually city who upped the pressure um you know with a bit of enthusiasm from from pep and also you know the realization that they were behind at home uh, to a liverpool team that have been very average this season, and have conceded. So they always knew uh, there were going to be chances for them in this game. And even as a Liverpool fan, you knew that City were going to have chances. One, just because they're a good team, but two, also because of the frailties we've had in defence. And that's exactly what happened uh, with Carl Walker playing the ball into Kevin De Bruyne, who had a lot of space in that kind of number ten position with Wine Alden being drawn out um, to Carl Walker. And I think uh, I. I it was kind of down to the space open there from De Bruyne because wynaldon felt like he wanted to come out um, and and close down Carl Walker, but Carl Walker had the ball out, you know, almost on the right wing, you know, at 30 yards from goal. If he was gonna if he was gonna cross the ball into the box, you know, I'm pretty sure um, Joe Gomez and Joel Matite would beat Gabriel Jesus and Raheem Sterling in the air, um, and so Wayne could probably sit off him a little bit and let him, give him the opportunity to cross, and and the more and stop the more dangerous thing to happen, which is basically letting the ball get into Kevin De Bruyne. Um, but when Kevin De Bruyne did get the ball, he kind of just passed it on uh, into Gabriel Jesus in the box. The first time they really had any decent play in the box uh and uh, gabriel jesus fortunately um or you know or was it skillfully I, i'm not quite sure i think it was a bit of both i think there was a good bit of play from him uh but also there was a bit of luck in terms of how he controlled the ball past trent uh, and show Matip, and then kind of just poked the ball past allison allison couldn't really do much because he was kind of coming out at the same time as the ball went went past him um and i don't think uh yeah, I don't think there's too much to blame uh, for the defense. I think it, the, the the problem there was just that Wynalda came out, and I compl- I understand why he did because we've had problems in the past couple of games in in terms of crosses in the box. So one of the messages that has to have come from from Klopp to the plays is to make sure you get out and stop that cross into the box. But in this case, with the opposition and, and who they had in the box, um, it was you know it it didn't seem like. Um, that was the right thing to do in that stage. You know, keeping, making sure Kevin De Bruyne didn't get that time and space on the edge of the penalty box was the more important thing. But, but after that goal, City really went and um, kind of pressed on uh, and continuing to um, to win the ball back and to keep their keep playing the possession game. They 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 have been playing so well this season and in the past couple of seasons. And uh, they did get the chance to make it two one uh, still in the first half when De Bruyne crossed the ball in uh, to the box. We talked about letting them cross in. That's exactly what happened this time. But it was Joe Gomez. Who kind of turned his body away as the ball was um, going past him? Uh, and yes, it shaved his his arm, like his kind of bicep region. I don't think anyone's debating that, but I think that the debate is is one. It's all with the handball rule, right? You know, in terms of is his hand in a natural position? You know, when you're running at that pace and the ball comes there, you've got to put your hands somewhere um and so i'm not necessarily gonna lambast the handball rule what i'm gonna lambast though is the 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 refereeing and what i think is a a lack of responsibility from both ends because the referee if he thought it was a handball right and yes i understand it's at real time and all this type of stuff right but the referee has gone i'm not going to make a decision because i'm going to pass it over to var right because var can slow it down have a look and then VAR have gone back to the referee and go, no, 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 we want you to have a look. And for me, it just seems like a real passing on of responsibility. You know, it's almost like both parties, both the people at VAR and and uh, the referee, Craig Pawson, don't, didn't really want to give the handball, but they were like, oh, we're not sure, you go have a look. And at the end of the day, it had to be the referee on the pitch that ultimately had to make the decision. But it was just... It was just very strange. It seemed like the referee didn't make the decision on the pitch the first time because he wasn't sure and probably didn't want to give a handball for something with the ball coming that quickly and and with the play trying to, kind of in a natural position. VAR didn't want to give it because they didn't want to be seen as VAR giving handballs. Uh, and so the referee had no choice but to give it. And so it was almost kind of peer pressured um, or kind of just pressured into giving it. Um because of everything that's been going on, which is obviously the wrong thing. Um, And I'm sure we will continue to debate the handball rule for for many more episodes this season. But even more strangely than the penalty being given, Kevin De Bruyne has stepped up and put the penalty wide. It wasn't even a save by Allison. Uh, Alisson completely dived the wrong way. Kevin De Bruyne went to his left, Alisson's uh, Allison's right, uh, and he shanked it past the post. Uh, it was a clean contact. It wasn't a bad contact or anything. He just tried to get it too far in the corner, uh, and he missed. And and so fortunately for us, um, we went into half time one-all. Uh, we could have very easily been 2-1 down having... Not really conceded any real chances uh, to Manchester City. Manchester City have a bit of history in terms of not doing so well in terms of penalties against us. Remember the Maras won a couple of seasons ago when it was nil-nil that game at Anfield where he skied it over the over the uh, over the bar. So maybe City have just a bit of a mental block against us. But the second half very much was how I thought the first half would have played out. It was very cagey. Um, neither team really made any kind of clear-cut chances. No team really looked on top. Um, It was a lot of kind of sparring, I would say. Um, And City definitely were, I think, lacking that cutting edge up front. Uh, De Bruyne kind of felt a bit lost and it felt like those pieces around him uh, were missing that have been there for the past couple of seasons. And from our perspective, from a Liverpool perspective, it felt like we were trying to play long, but not not kind of high and long ball, but in terms of trying to get the ball in behind um, quite quickly into Salah and Mane. And now I don't, I'm not sure whether that was down to the rain making the surface very slippery or whether that was down to uh, City kind of playing a high line and Laporte and Ruben Diaz not being the quickest going backwards. So Klopp hoping he could get Um, the strikers in behind but it didn't really work out Um, and honestly it was just kind of a lot of huffing and puffing I think from both teams Um, and and by the end of the game it looked like both teams were really out of ideas and uh, you know both teams were happy to settle for a point the only major real talking point from the second half was uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold's injury Uh, it was a strange one he kind of sprinted a bit um, and then he kind of felt his calf and obviously went off straight away James Milner came on but it'll be interesting to see um, as the days go by uh, the extent of that injury whether that means uh, he won't be involved in the internationals Honestly, I think all of our team could probably do with a break. Not going to the internationals, having played so many consecutive games. Um, we've been—I think we—we we went on a run recently of just playing 22 games. I uh, sorry, um, seven games in like 22 days or something. So, uh, you know, our, our players are very shattered, and they're going to be going into another very difficult um, international break. But hopefully for us, um, it's not—it's nothing serious, and it was just a precaution, and that he'll be back uh, very shortly. So tonight, guys, I'm going to go on to my man of the match, and and this was a really tough one. I thought everyone kind of had a, I'd say, a seven out of ten game. Uh, there was no one that really stood out, but for me, someone who I want to I want to really call out, I think. Um, uh, because he's been so he's been so great the whole rest of the season, and that is Jordan Henderson. I think he ran things from midfield really, really well. Uh, there were thoughts before the game that maybe we would be overpowered in the midfield, having just played two in the midfield, uh, but he completely bossed that. Great defensively, great attacking-wise as well, uh, and he adapted very, very well to playing into that two in midfield rather than the three in the midfield that we've been playing. I think he adapted to that two uh, a lot better than Jeannie Wijnaldum did. Um, and he was, again, uh, another crucial, critical part of, of, um, of our team. And I think we wouldn't have necessarily got the result we did if Jordan Henderson wasn't playing. And then finally, the shout-out to Klopp, guys, like I do at the end of every episode. Um, And it's about that that, that kind of front three, front four situation. I think it would have been a very brave decision for Klopp to drop Jota, given the hat-trick in midweek against Atalanta. Um, But I... I I think it, part of his part of his hand was forced by the fact that we didn't really have a lot of experienced midfield options. Henderson and Wijnaldum were only really the his kind of preferred midfield option. With Thiago out, Fabinho out, Cater just coming back from injury, so I think that kind of fed into. Um, Klopp's thinking as well but I think in the future in the big games I think we should play go back to the 4-3-3 if we can and if that means dropping Firmino or dropping Jota you know what I think that's a a risk that I'd be willing to take But, um, but yeah thank you guys for listening to this episode if you're watching this on YouTube guys please make sure you subscribe if you're listening to this on on all the podcast platforms then please drop a follow and thank you guys for listening and I'll catch you on the next one